Whoa. Well, who are they? Oh no. I think I've just found out what they're hiding down Oh no. This place is a fortress. Oh, I love it. Oh, oh no, I we know it. him. It's a tomb. Oh, it's I love sweetie, it. Oh, uh, a Jedi who helped Ahsoka find her lightsaber. Oh no. I love this. I love this. What are you doing to me? Same thing I do to anyone who doesn't embrace the Make them sit through bad dialogue for Put Leia in the honeycomb. Put Leia oh, in there. Kill her. Oh no. Okay. Don't know who they are. This is oh your my last God. chance, Leia. Oh, oh I, I wonder is that uh, Roken's wife, you think? Say something! I, I hope it's everybody. I hope it's everyone they love. <laughs> Obi-Wan, you better hurry up. I know, he has no time. Okay, stop looking. It's not a museum. Start going. Run, 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 run. Run. Oh my god. This is all oh, no. <laughs> even the younglings. No. <laughs> no. Stop. No. Stop. Get out of there. Tana, it's going to be you. Why was happened? Just Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. Welcome back to New Rockstars. Obi-Wan Kenobi Episode 4 shows us just how easy it is, apparently, to break out of an impenetrable Imperial Fortress. All you gotta do is just a bit of light jogging, you know, hopping into an Imperial Officer's terminal during his bathroom break and then kill him as quietly as you can in an otherwise silent room. Then tuck a 10-year-old in your trench coat and just walk past dozens of stormtroopers and then stuff four people in the back of the cockpit of a T-47. Bit of a cakewalk, I gotta say, but you know what, it's okay. This is all because Reva wanted them to escape. So now it is on us to break down and identify all those dead Jedi because you could have given us a name or two. Get out This is Wookie Leaks. This is our after show for Obi-Wan Kenobi on Disney Plus. I'm Eric Voss. My Easter egg breakdown for this episode is coming tomorrow. Tommy Bechtold could not join us this week. He's got some very important matters to attend to, but filling in to chat about episode four right now is Jessica Clemens. Welcome, okay, Jessica. So two things, two things, two things really quick. Number one, we're, how are we gonna just uh, like underplay that Kenobi just did the two kids in a trench coat walk out of the <laughs> building with baby Leia? Are we gonna act like that didn't just happen? And two, yeah, why didn't they put little like plaques under each Jedi they killed? They could have put like a little name and like date they took them. Just like an award. I've read that as an unmarked grave. They don't respect um, them that much that they're just gonna true. shove them in this weird amber. Uh, and not even not even mark their names because their names are no longer important. You know, like each of their lightsabers, I assume, are the ones on that red shelf in the uh, Inquisitor's oh. meeting room. So that I like how like on that shelf is also some domed uh, youngling helmets, but they kept the, the helmet on the one kid. It's like a kid who like, you know, he has his bike helmet on still. <laughs> he was oh, with his bike don't helmet. use that as the analogy. That's worse. That's worse. That is worse. A bike I'm helmet. Sorry that but I they did there. let him. They do respect the dead because they get. They let him have his helmet. They they, they took they all did. the other helmets, but they let him. Or keep maybe it. they shot out the back of his head, and they don't want that to be seen. That's true. It can't be too gory of a body. Yeah, there's probably a lot of messed up bodies that didn't make it into this. It's only the ones that were in. That's right. That got. Because I was stay. thinking like. Would Jocasta Newby up there? I don't know. There was a, you know, she was on like a, a, a shuttle with Vader in that comic when Vader let her mm -hmm. die. 
So her body might be beyond recognition. Uh, Mace Windu, who knows what things mm. he hit on the way down on that fall from the this uh, from the Chancellor's quarters. Yikes. Also, Mace Windu doesn't deserve to be in the Inquisitors like uh, uh, like on that. I feel like he deserves to be somewhere else. He's higher up. He's really cool. That his body would, would probably be somewhere so. else on display. I would think so, yeah. Unless, or being used in some other weird way, because we know the Grand Inquisitor sure. used Luminar and Dooley's corpse in some pretty messed up ways in Rebels. Uh, or maybe Mace Windu's still alive. I mean, there's a lot of different ways to read it. Uh, but I think you do bring up an important question of uh, the Scooby-Doo tactics used to sneak out Leia from the fortress this? were far too effective in this episode. So goofy this show no <laughs> one's recognizing how silly this show is he threw spice on the ground to get away from flea like uh -huh. the, the chase scene in the forest and now this i love it don't get me wrong but i was like these are all like scooby-doo tactics it's all, it's all pretty goofy <laughs> i think we also have to recognize that star wars historically as a franchise has is, a lot of goof town stuff in it. It's very Every, I was it's very surprised goofy. that he didn't put on some stormtrooper gear to sneak around. I was that is waiting something that happens for in it. so many Star Wars movies. People dressing up as Imperials happened in this episode, said, technically. Why Tala. did they not do it? Why did they not do it? I thought he was. I was like, take the costume, take the suit, take the suit, like you did before. Because he didn't need to. It was just he just luckily happened yeah. to be on a, uh, on a floor that was only monitored by just Imperial probe droids, just kind of floating yes. around. It happened to turn their heads in the other way so he could kind of just kind of quietly jog past them. Hey, True. it works, right? We get criticized if it worked. <laughs> True. True. Okay, let's quickly recap what happened. So in this episode, Tala takes Kenobi to Jabim. Uh, it takes him straight to the back to bath. An incredible opening montage here. I love the intercutting, but with the breathing of Vader playing over Obi-Wan in the back to bath, we cut to uh, Vader sensing Obi-Wan. It's like whenever these two take a back to bath, their consciousnesses can sense each other. And I loved how they kind of set this up with uh, the Book of Boba Fett, right? Like when you're in a back to bath, your mind goes places. It's like a sensory deprivation tank. And it kind of makes them uh, detached from their physical body in a weird way and more in touch with uh, the Force and their midichlorians. And now it's kind of like they feel each other in this bath. It's like they're taking a bath together. It's like two twins, you know, when they their parents put them in the tub and that, that creepy picture that a lot of parents take of siblings when they're young. It's like that's what's happening to the brothers here. They're back in the bath and they can feel each other. Uh, and I love this so much. Yes. To me, this was like the high watermark of the episode. I don't know about you, Jessica. This was like, this is great. And it's maybe because like, we're seeing Hayden. Like the series promised us Hayden yeah. and a lot of Vader in the series is being done with the re-speecher technology, reproducing James Earl Jones' voice, and then a stand-in for the actor who plays Vader, who's doing a pretty great job. I, I don't want to knock anything he's doing. I just, I like more Anakin on the show. I like more Hayden. Yeah. I was more confused at whether or not it was a montage back and forth of, um, Obi-Wan being able to like feel or sense that like that's the same thing Anakin went through or if it was just um for the audience to see like oh see how it's kind of mimicking each other they're now becoming like the same I didn't know which one it was I didn't know if it was like Obi-Wan could feel it or not yeah but, and yeah we couldn't interpret it either way for sure yeah I just I think that there was a shot of Vader in the tank deliberately like turning his head upward as if he was looking at someone as if you sensed someone at, nearby uh, Okay. And then uh, I okay. think that also fed to Obi-Wan saying no to that bath, cutting that bath short, as I would do. Yeah, he did. Anytime my parents would force he, me to the bathtub. 
I'm like, I'm clean. <laughs> yeah. I'm good. But I'm done. Like he, uh, um, I'm done. <laughs> he, I think part of it was like, there's no time. We got to get to Leia. I think another part of it was yeah. the longer I'm in this tank, the more Vader can sense where I am and how I'm I, feeling. And that freaks me I out. I think it's both. I think it's that one a little bit more though. Like I think he still yeah. fears Anakin and Vader clearly because he's like, I let this person die. This was, we were brothers, Anakin. Like, I think he's yeah. just like, this really hurts me. Like, yeah. I need to save Leia, but this is like a triggering, traumatizing moment for me. And I do not want to relive this. Yes. Exploring um, that pain has been, I think, uh, one of my favorite things my favorite, the series has It's done. my favorite part. It's my. Fa yeah. It's unfortunate that it's my favorite part, but it gives so much depth to the storyline. It makes me actually like, I mean, I always humanized Obi-Wan Kenobi regardless, but the seeing that scene was the part where I was like, oh my God, this he's going through a lot of trials. Like he's going through right. a lot right now. He might be the strongest Jedi, but not right now. Not yeah. right now. Not right now. On Jabin, we meet the others who are helping the refugees, the Jedi refugees on the path. This includes Roken, O'Shea Jackson Jr.'s character. Wasn't Quinlan Voss? Swing and a miss for me on that one. Uh, and then we meet <laughs> Sully, that's Maya Erskine's character. And we meet Wade, Ryder McLaughlin, who later, this dude, gets a Bothan-like moment of silence, despite us hardly getting to know the guy. I was like, really? For Wade? Like, I get it. It's sad that he's dead, but like... We're gonna spend a solid 60 seconds just remembering Wade uh, at the end of this episode. Uh, I had no connection to him. I had no feel like or I, attachment to Wade and I felt bad. Like I forgot that he was there, to be honest with you. I was like that one guy who had something to say about Nur in the fortress and then Maya Erskine had to go, Wade. And I'm like, okay, I guess his name is Wade anyway. Um, but <laughs> Didn't know his name. Uh, poor guy, they, put, they had him smile right before that bomb hit him. He's like, I did it. <laughs> I nope. did it. Uh, so uh, Roken reveals that his wife was force sensitive, but the Inquisitors took her. And then he's like, okay, I'll actually help you. And then Tala uses her Imperial credentials to sneak them onto the Fortress Inquisitorius on Nur. And Tala is able to talk her way right in while Obi-Wan uses a rebreather to uh, pull a Cal Kestis stroke into the mm -hmm. lower levels of the base where he then manages a pretty easy stroll through the fortress undetected, while Reva tells Leia that Ben is dead and tries to force Leia to tell her what she knows about the path. But Leia is no snitch, so Reva sets up a torture session for a child. Thank God we don't get there, uh, because Obi-Wan uh, finds what Tala had said was being hidden on this fortress, a Jedi tomb filled with dozens of Jedi, some familiar faces, some new faces. We'll run through the ones we were able to identify in just a moment. Thankfully, Obi-Wan has been too long in that tomb uh, because that torture session was like, it was like movie timing, like, like we kept cutting back to Reva and Leia and I'm like, we have not moved the needle forward at all in this scene, yet we are cutting back to them again. Tala is able to distract Reva. It's not even Obi-Wan who gets to them first. Like Tala is able to intervene first by telling Reva that the path leads to a different planet, pulling a Dantooine, their own Dantooine moment. But uh, while Obi-Wan is able to free Leia, he gets into a shootout that results in a blaster cracking the glass. You would think that either they would build the glass to be blaster resistant or Thank maybe you. be a bit more careful about Thank firing you. in there. Seems, seems like a stupid idea. Seems like yeah. the dumbest thing. Who was the architect? Who built this ship? Because you, if a gun's laser could penetrate it, why would you ever have a bunch of people with these gun lasers on a ship? Does that make sense? 
<laughs> hey, look, <sighs> I I get the set piece. I like that water broke in because it gives us some uh, nice parallels to Jedi Fallen Order when Vader was able to hold back the, the gushing water. I thought that all looked mm -hmm. really cool. Um, but I just think practically, it'd be one thing for the Fortress and Quartus to be mostly underwater because, you know, they were kicked off of uh, Coruscant when they had mm -hmm. a former training camp called the Works. And then now they're trying to be a bit mm -hmm. more off the grid. A lot of people around the galaxy don't really know that the Inquisitors exist. They're kind of like a... I think the Emperor has like a, a, a goon squad who goes around hunting Jedi. Wait, so know. not everybody knows that they... I think at this point, word's gotten out there because, you know, they're yeah, walking around Tatooine now. saying, the Jedi code is like an itch. But like, they originally... <laughs> I think people like Bail Organa and other senators, Mon Mothma, are like, hey, you're not still running those, those hunters, are you? And Palpatine's oh. like, no, no, they're... Um, no, I, I mean, I maybe okay. they might be on Nur. I don't know. But I think the whole point of them being on Nur is that they're closer to Mustafar and they're a bit more off the grid. So, mm -hmm. uh, but this this fortress still juts out of the water in a very phallic fashion. You would think they could have just built most of it underwater to avoid detection. They said, no, 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 no. You don't understand. <laughs> this looks nicer this way. It looks it looks more menacing <laughs> this way. We need an evil oh, for fortress. Sure. The visual is great. And I think all of yeah. this is being driven by the art and the visuals. And I'm not going to blame about that. I'm saying practically, oh, no, it never. doesn't make a whole lot of sense to build <laughs> never, it this way. Never, never. I, I love it. But thing. that's also, that keeps it real. That keeps it real. Because there's a lot of architecture mm -hmm. that you're like, this actually is not working at all. It doesn't do anything. But it does look very nice. So I like uh -huh. that it's keeping us on our, like, this is a real thing. This is what yes. it would look like. It was great well, idea, horrible yes. execution. <laughs> and I think we should also acknowledge, this is Star Wars. They have a big moon-sized yeah. battle station with an exhaust port that allows for a, 100. Uh, a proton torpedo to go through and blow the whole thing up. Uh, like, there's 100%. all kinds of impracticalities. It's just in the name of, well, it looks really cool. And it that's why really I love cool. Star Wars. So... No complaints. Um, so no complaints. they're able to escape the main level by hiding Leia in Obi-Wan's trench coat. And I gotta say, when we first walked into this uh, fortress, there were some of these Imperial officers in trench coats, and I was thinking like, I don't remember seeing them in trench coats. That's a cool new design flourish. I guess the uh, the misty weather of Nur requires a bit more outerwear, mm -hmm. cool. They really just gave some of them trench coats to set up Obi-Wan to sneak Leia out in one of them, which I think is just hilarious. Am I allowed to post about this on Twitter now? Am I allowed to? I was going to post an image of this and be like, oh. this is this is insane, you guys. This happened and it worked. And it worked for a good solid minute. <laughs> I love that Reva was the only one that was like, there is an old man and a child right there. <laughs> there is a four-legged species in a yeah. trench coat. Uh, two daddy legs, two little girl legs just kind of skittering beside him in a real lumpy trench coat silhouette. Yes. No one's going to say anything. <laughs> Reva, Reva is the voice of reason, and I love it. Reva, I, she's, she, yeah, she's a villain, but her character is so good. And the fact that no one else, not, like, not, like, she had to come out and be like, you guys are all idiots. Look Hello. at that weird thing. Turn your heads. <laughs> and, they're just like walking, limping with Tala. <laughs> also, if Tala dies, I can't dies, believe this is working. Yeah. Oh my God, this is working. Uh, um, if Tala dies, yeah. I'm gonna be very upset. But that's a that's a that's another sure. story because Tala's sure. done too much work this season so far in two episodes. Yeah. Too much work to die. She's done a lot of heavy lifting. Absolutely. Yes, she um, has. So Sully and Wade show up in a couple T-47s. You remember these. These were the Empire Strikes Back hot speeders that, you know, uh, tripped mm -hmm. up the, the at-ats. 
the AT-ATs. Um, but now these are two seaters. So it's amazing that Tala and Obi-Wan and Le Now I'm not surprised Leia can cram in there. She's a little moppet, but Obi-Wan and, and Tala cramming in into a seat that's meant for one person in the back of uh, Sully's T-47. Pretty, pretty impressive uh, um, Tetris work, getting them in there. But uh, Reva, uh, man, Reva doesn't let Wade get away. Poor Wade, uh, R.I.P. Wade, never forget Wade. We're, well, never, he we're was probably going to get a 10-minute memorial uh, funeral scene for Wade next episode. That's oh, what I'm assuming God, I, will happen. I hope not. Um, <laughs> I said I hope not. This is the villain in me talking. But also, Maya Eskren's character was like, come on, leave it alone. And he was still shooting, right? Um, yeah. At Reva. So I think Reva had he that chance to like really throw something at him. Which also was... What What did she throw? What was it that she like threw at him? Was it a bomb? Oh, a... Um, a, a box bomb? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought. I was like, was, I thought it was a cinder block. And I was like, how did a cinder block do that? <laughs> I don't know. I think they just got some loose bombs stacked up yeah, on that deck. You understandable. Know? understandable. <laughs> In case anyone trips, you know, the, the whole thing goes up. I'm telling you, the, this place is very practically designed. There's a reason for those. Just sitting oh, there. I'm sorry. Should never ask. Should have never asked. Should have assumed. Should have assumed. Know. That's on me. I don't know. <laughs> everything on that deck is a weapon. I just assumed that. And was everything something. is so that I'm never gonna get over that trench coat ever in my life. I might get it tattooed on me. I might get it tattooed on me. It is so funny and so perfect. I mean, and I think I we just gave uh, London Fog a new advertising campaign. If you ever need to sneak out a child yeah. from an imperial fortress. Go with London <laughs> Fog. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Mm. Thank you. Um, Thank you. Oh, so, yes. uh, but, you know, as much as we want to joke about this, it seems like Reva did this on purpose. At least Reva did, because she reveals she left a tracker with Leia, her her little droid, Lola. Her droid. Lighting up red, recording everything. And while Leia is not a snitch, Lola might be a snitch. We're going to find out. Um, <laughs> but we promised it. At the top, we're going to break down everything we know about every single one of those entombed Jedi uh, that we can uh, determine. Uh, but be sure to check out NewRockStarsMerch.com to grab our latest Obsession Empire's Most Wanted shirt, inspired by the Obi-Wan Kenobi series, like all of our latest Obsession shirts. It's a limited edition release, and once the shirt's gone, it's gone forever. Unlike the Grand Inquisitor, we think he's coming back. And when you purchase this latest Obsession shirt, you unlock the ability to get a custom shout-out that will appear right here on WikiLeaks at the bottom of the screen. So let's review what some people are saying. Dylan says, how likely is it that we'll get some Clone Wars era flashbacks? Only three episodes left. Well, two episodes left as of this episode, but yeah, I think at this point, not that likely. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna build up my expectations too much for this show. Uh, but I think if it means we get to see Hayden Christensen on screen, great. Uh, I would love to see that. I think realistically, the Clone Wars era flashbacks are going to be in Andor. They're going to be in Ahsoka. I don't know if this uh, this series is time for that. Trenton says, do you guys think we'll see Hayden Christensen in Ahsoka as well? Um, I think so. We better. I, I, think, I said we better. I think, yeah. I think that would be a great place for a Clone Wars era flashback with, the, with Sky Guy and Snips. Uh, is that something you'd like to see, Jess? Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Also... And, yeah, they, they they just better. She he trained her. <laughs> he trained yeah. her. There better be flashbacks. <laughs> yeah, there better be. And then Riley says Ewoks are the real heroes. Well, Riley, you can burn in hell. No, I'm just kidding. That's a that's God, a great What did Ewoks do right. to you? Can I <laughs> Nothing. I love the Ewoks. I, I love all of them. And I love you, Riley. I, you're right. They are the real heroes. They're wonderful little things who did nothing but but save the Battle of Endor. So 
we have to show them some respect. But um, but Jessica, what's the question we're asking after this episode of Obi-Wan Kenobi? I think the question, the hot take is, who were the Jedi corpses in the tomb? Yeah, who were who they? Were the honeycombed... Yeah, I love it. Uh, they were casting this honeycomb amber as opposed to carbonite, which is interesting. It's yeah. like they want us to be able to see them and learn from their uh, from their form, their clothing, their appearance, their the last look on their face. Uh, because I in think carbonite, it's just all you like, really see is their expression, but yeah. you don't really see much about what they're. I think these are just trophies, are. like animals' yeah. heads on walls. Like it's just like yeah. walk down this long hallway, long this long corridor to a to a, a, a torture booth. And look at all the other people we tortured and murdered. Well, I think there may be a practical purpose as well, because we know from Rebels Season 1, Episode 5, the Grand Inquisitor uses the mummified corpse of Luminar Unduli to lure in Kanan Nezer in a trap. And I think that might be the plan for each of these Jedi. If you put them in Carbonite, I don't think that uh, trap would work as well, that that Mm, trick. But in this case, they're still, they're not fully in Carbonite. They're in this other suspended form. And I think that would allow the Grand Inquisitor and Vader to use their essence, their spiritual force essence to make other Jedi to think that they're still alive. That's my theory for why they're they're in this amber color. Makes sense. Uh, so um, now, from my count, looking at this corridor, it looked like there was like forty eight cells because it looked like there were eight on each side of the lower level, and then that would give us sixteen on the lower level, and then up top there were similar cubbies above them, and it looked like there were sixteen on top. There may be others stacked behind them, but I think there's around like forty eight. There's a there's a couple dozen at least of these. Um, but we only see a handful of them. So the first one we get a close-up is this goat-like looking species. It's called a Kossian, and this is Terra Sinube. Uh, that's uh, a guy who's familiar to Watchers of the Clone Wars, and it's pretty heartbreaking because uh, he was an elderly Jedi master whom Ahsoka met in the Jedi Temple archives, introduced to her by uh, Jocasta Nu. This guy marshaled a Jedi outpost on Dara in his, uh, in his past. He was a former member of the Jedi High Council, He led a youngling clan, uh, and yeah, in that episode, he helped a young Ahsoka Tano recover her lightsaber. This guy's so sweet. He carried a white lightsaber, a silver-colored lightsaber that he kept in a cane. It just sucks to see him dead because he was only a nice guy. Like, he used to be on the Jedi High Council, and he's like, no, not for me. I'm just going to look after the younglings. He didn't even have the sass that Jocasta Nu did. He was just a nice old grandpa, and they killed him. They killed him. Well, and I'm wondering if sucks uh, to sac- suck, Grandpa. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sucks wondering if like suck. he might have helped that Wookiee uh, Jedi Gunji escape because we saw Gunji in the oh. Bad Batch season two trailer, and uh, oh. I feel like I feel like uh, Tara might have helped out with that. That's my hope, at least. Um, That'd be cool. But really, the first ones you can see in the sequence are actually in a wide shot from the far end of the corridor. On the right is an angry male. And this could be one of two people. It might be Jedi Master Coleman Kasaj, who sat on the Jedi Council during the um, events of Revenge of the Sith. He appeared in a number of Clone Wars episodes. It might also be another Angry Jedi, Pablo Jill, who appears during Attack of the Clones. But Coleman Kasaj served at least, uh, he survived the initial wave of the Purge during Order 66 because his name appeared on a list of surviving Jedi still hunted by the Inquisitors back in the 2017 Charles Soule Darth Vader comics. But we should note that list also includes Quinlan Voss. And if you slide on over the left of that wide shot, there is a male Jedi with great hair. And I really, really, really does look like Quinlan Voss. The only difference is you don't see the yellow face paint stripe across his face, but he is in that amber colored lights that might just mask it. 
It would be super surprising to see Quinlan Vos be revealed this way with no close-up reaction by Obi-Wan right after Obi-Wan just learned Quinlan Vos had been helping along with the path uh, and read that meaningful quote from Quinlan. I think Tala would have known if Quinlan was captured. Um, I think Quinlan wouldn't have been mentioned last episode if he was just going to be among the case here. So I'm thinking that this guy is not Quinlan, just someone who looks like him. Um, mm. Now, uh, the two there are two other Jedi visible in that shot. Beside Coleman Kasaj, there's a hooded female with a messenger bag. And then beside the one who looks like Quinlan, there's a Jedi with an interesting shaped head or headpiece. Um, but then as Obi-Wan walks past these cells, there's a few new faces. Uh, there's one with an odd square-shaped headpiece, another one with thick padded armor, and then a close-up of a woman's face in shock, and then a woman wearing a poncho and a necklace. And I believe that one of these two women might be Roken's wife uh, because oh. they both got significant close-ups and they weren't wearing particularly Jedi robes. They were wearing just more commoner clothes. Do you think he's so going to... He's going to somehow see it. I think he's either, I think he's going to be notified about this. Like, I think Obi-Wan, when he gets back to to him, he might have a picture of his wife. And then Obi-Wan's like, oh, I hate to break it to you. but Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. 100%. And we'll flash back to it. That's my thinking. But uh, we were left with this youngling kid. Um, and this is actually someone we have seen before. Uh, because in the credits of this episode, he's credited as the actors of twin brothers, Jonathan Ho and Oliver Ho, who are also credited as playing one of the younglings in the Order 66 flashback in episode one in the prologue. So this is one of those kids. And they they cast him in Amber right away. So that tells us that right the night or the week of Order 66, they already started casting these, uh, these Jedi corpses in this Amber stuff. So this was something that they had prepared. That they're like, maybe we can use their corpses to capture the rest of them right away. Put them on ice. Put them on ice. And if Reva was one of those kids to walk past that every day, the yep. anger. The, yep. the what is deep down boiling in her? Who is she yeah. fighting against? The oh. inhumanity of her being able to pass by that to see uh, like one of her classmates still just as young as he was on that night when she broke off. So it's just really messed up, obviously. Uh, as Obi-Wan leaves his quarter, there's actually uh, another sighting, a bald, dark-skinned man who might be Mace Windu. No. But again, I think someone that no. significant, Obi-Wan would have given a, a double take to, we would have gotten a close-up <clears> of them. Uh, also, the big uh, smoking gun there. He has his right hand clearly visible, and, they, and Anakin Skywalker sliced off Mace Windu's right arm. Maybe he got a new one in the time between he also <laughs> survived and then also got captured. I don't know. That's just a lot of steps. I don't think this yeah. is Mace Windu. Um, now, who else might be among these? There's a good chance that among these, of course, is Luminar Unduli, based off of how uh, the Grand Inquisitor used her corpse similarly in Rebels. So we didn't see her here, but she might be somewhere in the stacks. Um, and there's plenty of other Jedi who had been hunted by Inquisitors, Invader, and Clone Troopers who might be here as well. Like it's implied that all of them whose bodies that they could recover are here in this in this room. So that would include Plo Koon, Kiadi Mundi, Ayla Secura, Deepa Balaba, Sindralig, maybe Jaro Tapal from Jedi Fallen Order. They all could be here. But I want to ask you, let's let's dip it, dig into this. Do you think Mace Windu is among these? If not, no. where do you think Mace Windu is? <clears throat> or where is his body? I don't think he I don't think he is. I don't think he is. And I agree with what you said. I don't think he would be put in something like that. I think he'd be somewhere else. He's a high up. He's a high up. He's a high up boy. So I don't mm -hmm. think he would be. I mean, no, I don't think he'd be there. I think he'd be somewhere yeah. else. But also, if Mace Windu was alive, I would also ride that train. Uh, we all love Mace Windu. So clearly, I would love for him to come back. But yeah. I think he's also dead. <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm, I'm just on that train because that, like, I think is, uh, I think there's just a great opportunity there for Samuel L. Jackson to come back into canon. And I think there's a great yeah. story there. And all I really want is just like opportunities for stories to to find their path. So 100%. I think this is 100%. So we have a couple more questions we want to dig into this episode, obviously. Uh, we want to thank G Fuel for sponsoring this episode. If you're looking for a way to add a little more energy to your day, check out what Jessica's got. She's got some G Fuel. It's a sugar-free energy drink made from natural ingredients. It's used by UFC fighters and esports athletes and bodybuilders and skateboarders, YouTube stars, fitness models, even NFL players. There are over 20 unique and delicious flavors to choose from. And while G Fuel does contain caffeine, they do offer a caffeine-free G Fuel hydration formula. So if you are new to G Fuel or already a fan of the product, you can click the link in our description below to get 10% off your G Fuel order while supporting our channel. That's 10% off your order of G Fuel while using our link in the description. Okay, Jess, back to this episode. I want to ask you. Are you ready? Where do you think the path ultimately leads? I don't know. So it's where everyone is safe, right? It's where all the Jedis can kind of run away. Where the hell would they be hiding? It's not... What what if it's Tatooine? No, it's not Tatooine because they were over there, and it's not Mustafar. Uh, where else would it be? I mean, uh, I think it's like that furnace that all all of Andy's toys almost fell into in Toy Story Three. <laughs> that they just have an assembly line and they throw the Jedi in there. And like, trust me, this is better. This is better than what the Inquisitor. It's better than being cast in that weird honeycomb. So you're welcome. But no, uh, I I'm wondering if like. They might just be spread out everywhere, like in a witness protection kind of thing. But I honestly think they're more, they're safer in their own kind of colony, you know? Because, mm -hmm. like, they, that's what uh, Roken said this episode. It, it, you can try all you want to just blend in if you're a Jedi, but they're going to find you. They have their, you know, yeah. if you have force sensitivity, they have holocrons or whatever, they're going to be able to track you down. So I think it's better if, like, they're put in some other kind of colony where they can be defended and maybe have some, like, uh, reverse force sensitivity uh, beams that they can fire out, like a little shield to like- So like Rick and uh, Morty, like- To counter out their Morty. brainwaves. Yeah, yeah, right? Like yeah, the, uh, oh, okay. to neutralize their Jedi signal. Um, uh, so I'm wondering if it could be uh, places like Crate because it seems like they're using mining systems to move them around. Oh, and then Crate in The Last okay. Jedi was abandoned uh, and had some kind oh. of significance to it. I'm wondering oh. also maybe Tython that we saw in uh, in The Mandalorian season two, that was where there were some old Jedi ruins that had that mm. um, altar where Luke Skywalker uh, yeah. was able to track that beacon. Mm. So that might be part of the path as well. Um, I think eventually most of the Jedi are just gonna be dead or wiped out. Uh, yeah. But I think force sensitive kids are always yeah. gonna be a thing. They occur naturally. Mm. I think the place in Mandalorian still look too nice for it to be the place that they attack. Um, if it's the same place I'm thinking. We're thinking about the place where maybe I'm getting Book of Book of Boba Fett and Mandalorian season two are blurred to me. Um uh, they, they place, wanted them to be. <laughs> is it it's not where um Kylo Ren what exploded everything, right? Um no, yeah, Kylo Ren that was <laughs> Ren a, oh, So we don't know. Uh, that was a new planet that has still not been named, yes. right? So that was yes, in the Book okay. of Boba Fett. And we don't even know if that oh. was the same planet where Kylo wrecked it as a kid. Yeah, we still It was implied okay. to have been that same Jedi school, right? That was implied to have been the same one. It just was never named either in the, the prelude comics of Kylo's, Kylo Ren's backstory or in the Book of Boba Fett episode five and six. Okay. 
Okay, um, then ignore me. Then ignore me. I go with whatever you said. Yeah, I mean, I think that planet was just located, uh, located, located by Luke later on in the timeline after the Galactic Civil War is over. Uh, I think there was uh, these other spots on the path that uh, that you know each Jedi was kind of lily padding among uh, yeah. or force sensitive person until eventually they were found or you know outed. Uh, it, but the path. The path isn't going to be like New Asgard, where it's like the path is the people, not the city. <laughs> it's not going to be that. The Jedi is Code it? is a people, not a way. Is the I don't, I don't want it to be like they get there and they're like, where are they? And it's like it's just who we are. I'd be like, no, it needs to be a physical place where they're all hiding. Yeah. Well, my theory, uh, and this still may be the case, but it's probably a reach, uh, is that at least for some of these younglings that the path could ultimately lead to the watch, to the Mandalorian watch, the formerly the death oh, watch. Uh, and then okay. that could be, and then they try to stamp out your force sensitivity with this new Mandalorian dogma of never showing your face oh. and believing in these other things and your signet and your clan uh, and, and Beskar's Ooh. sacred qualities. Uh, but that secretly some of these younglings in the watch uh, did have some force sensitivity uh, nested inside of them. But the, the reason I'm not that. even... I love that I theory. That. It's just also it says mm, more characters who didn't need to be Jedi are now Jedi, and I'm not crazy about that. Well, that's part fine. Of it, There's a lot of Jedi's. There's a ton of Jedi's. Josh Shafty's a Jedi. <laughs> or Josh not Josh? Shafty. That was the younger one. That was the younger <laughs> Benny. one. Benny. What? Danny? Yeah, Danny's a Jedi. Benny, it's not Danny. <laughs> but Danny's also. What? Whatever. <laughs> the other one. The other one is a. Je Anyone can be a Jedi. That's true. That is true. Um, so, um, but I think it ultimately leads somewhere. Uh, it, it might just lead to some new planet that we didn't know of in Star Wars canon previously that tends to be what they're doing a lot. Like, rather than bring in something familiar that has a lot of importance, if they want something to have a lot of importance, true. they'll just establish true. something new, a new name, a new proper noun. Um, a question I think we should talk about. Assuming Leia, you know, based off of Star Wars history, she's going to reunite with her mm -hmm. parents, the Organas. Bail Organa is still a senator. Um, is he going to demand the end of the Inquisitor program? Because now he's knows, like if Leia gets back to him at some point, he's going to know that the Inquisitor, the third sister, took her. Or is this going to force Vader and Palpatine to move the Inquisitors even more underground? Like we know the Inquisitors are still around in Rebels, of course, but are they still going to have as a, a the status, the reputation that they had or that they currently have on this show? Like, what's going to be the political fallout from this, I guess, is what I'm wondering. Is there a world where Bail Organa uh, is okay still with... I don't know. He loves no. Leia so much that I yeah. don't think he would be okay with them regard after knowing this. Maybe we end the season with thinking, not us clearly, because we know, but like... The Inquisitors are all dead. Something happened, like a huge battle happens, and Vader's like, they all died. <laughs> they all died fighting Obi-Wan Kenobi for your daughter. So Bale's like, there's no use to even talk about them. They don't exist anymore. But they clearly do. I, well, I feel like it's yeah. a goofy justification, but the the Star Wars is silly. It's it's camp. So I think they could still go with that justification of like, we think they're all gone, but they're not. Well, I think uh, you're onto something a little depressing about this, that... Uh, Bale might let it slide because I if he raises did. a stink about it, then like he's like, well, then why was my daughter taken? What is her connection? What is my connection to Obi-Wan Kenobi? It risks her daughter for there to be a whole Senate investigation about this. But he's got to play it just right because if he doesn't complain at all, that's also going to raise some red flags 
with Palpatine. Like, as Palpatine would wonder, well, then why didn't Bail Organa raise a stink? What is he hiding right now? So he's got he's got this awkward uh, path to walk where he has to be pissed off, but he can't, like, push it so far that everyone's going to raise an investigation of who Leia I, is and why yeah. Leia is with the Organas. And I think that's the reason we also get that scene at the beginning with the family member where they're trying to approach a dark topic and the cousin or whatever is like, no. <laughs> I'm here to just party. I'm not here to talk about like what's happening with slaves, like deep down yeah. in the bowels. So I think it's clear that like he can't, he's trying so hard to be good, but he's a senator. Like he right. can't, there's a lot of things that are just, people aren't going to vote to be good. So yeah, I think, I think the most uh, good Baylor Ghana is trying to do, like they had that line in episode one and then Obi-Wan mentioned him last episode. There's, there's only so much political good that can be done. He's really just doing that to, <sighs> try to address things like slavery in the mm. Outer Rim. He's trying to, uh, but really just trying to keep up a front because, you know, of course, he's working with Mon Mothma to fund Jedi, or not Jedi, but uh, rebel efforts. So uh, I think really that's the practical good he's doing. But uh, yeah. I think it's interesting. I think this series is going to end with a, a little hint of Leia, a spark of rebellion in Leia. She's going to want to start yes. helping. I like. Yes. It's different in uh, canonical literature. I believe Leia finds out Brea and and Organa uh, or Bail are involved in yeah. like Jedi operation or I keep saying Jedi rebel operations later in a different mission when she's like a teenager after oh, she's like sixteen okay. years old and then she starts helping out. But uh, I wonder if like they might hint at this point where they leave Leia with a bit of suspicion of what her dad's really involved with. I think so. I think so. I think we're planning it. We're planning it for sure. Yeah, 100. I love also that line where she was like, let me call my dad if we're on the same team, right? And Reva was like, right. look here. <laughs> look here. I like she goes, look here. You know what? I hate you. <laughs> I'm squaring <laughs> up with a six-year-old right now, and I hate you. Yeah. But I love um, it. Overall, I'm still really enjoying the show. Uh, yeah. I love any kind of connection we can get between uh, Ewan McGregor and Hayden Christensen. Uh, I actually like the the Leia actress. I know she's getting some heat, but I, I Why? really like Why? I love her. She's great. I think she's really fun. Could you uh, do that at 10? Could you guys no. do that at 7? No. I couldn't Absolutely open my mouth not. when I was 10. I was a little shy <laughs> I didn't know how to read. <laughs> well, that was a problem. Jesse should have yeah, known that. Yeah, that was. <laughs> uh, no, uh, but I think this was the episode where I struggled, I think, the most. to. Uh, I, I still enjoyed everything I was looking at. It was just like the logic. I, the Fortress of Inquisitorius is such a cool location, and it, it still looked really cool. It's just practically it made it feel kind of stupid. Uh, I loved episode. it still. I, I But yeah. I think I'm just okay. like, this Good. is this is perfect. This is silly and also great. I yeah. love it. It was fun. I like this. This might be my favorite episode. Wow. And wow. I'm not going to say I'm not going to say that High it was price. the trench coat that stole it for me. But <laughs> <laughs> I think it's the dead Jedi. It's the it's the tomb. It's the that tomb of those cool. Jedi. I A loved cool it. Moment. I loved it. But here's so what much. I wanted. And this is just like the Jedi uh, Star Wars nerd in me. Like I wanted more. I wanted more. I felt like they were playing mm. a little safe. They could have shown us a, a, a more of a VIP in that tank. You know, there's plenty yeah. of dead Jedi. You could have put a Plo yeah. in there. You could have put a security. You could have put Kiati Mundi, and that would have been a bit creepier. Maybe they're like, well, we'd have to credit the actor. But whatever. They're crediting James Earl Jones by using That's a robot true. to talk for him. They so, are, yeah. They could have done more. They're, they're definitely walking on, like, eggshells. They're they're a little too cautious, I think. <laughs> a little safe. Which is 
understandable Star Wars fans, we know. Uh, <laughs> you will kill us if we get something wrong. So I feel like writing that was probably kind of hard because they were like, they even said in an interview that it was just like, they didn't know like canonically whether or not um, Obi-Wan knew if Vader was uh, dead right. or Anakin. So it's like, yeah. they it, it, it takes a lot of steps. It takes a lot of steps. It yeah. takes a lot of knowledge. So the writers don't, but they have like people from Lucasfilm who are consulting to kind of keep them on the, yeah, on that's the track. True. Like Pablo Hidalgo is is weighing yes. in there. Uh, they're all kind of helping out. They all get help from like Dave Filoni and John Favreau uh, to to make this all line up. It's just like compared to like the big swings that the Mandalorian was taking with things yeah. like Grogu surviving Order sixty six. You know the true. fact that Grogu exists. Like it felt like there were true. weird big swings. The Mandalorian. We learned so much more about the Mandalorian culture. Yeah. Suddenly, there's a cult of Mandalorians well, who never take off their helmets. It's because like, all it's John. Big swings. It's because it's John Favreau. John Favreau was like, I'm gonna do whatever I want to do. Yeah, <laughs> he was sure. like, You guys can't tell me to stop. Like, I, but I am kind of irritated that like Kenobi. Obi-Wan Kenobi couldn't break the rules like Mandalorian. Yeah, I feel like it should. It's Obi-Wan Kenobi. And like, as long as you have the Lucasfilm all, uh, team all kind of in there saying like, well, we can't go this far. Uh, and I know the counter argument is that, well, it seems like they killed off the Grand Inquisitor. I don't think they ultimately killed off the Grand Inquisitor. Yeah, I'm, no. Uh, it seems like they're playing for a season two, to be honest with you, which I'm not going to complain if we get another season of the show. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Uh, I just think, uh, um, Overall, I don't want to take away anyone's enjoyment from it. I'm still really, really enjoying the show overall. It's just there's a couple silly moments in this episode where I was just like, huh? What? And I loved uh, it. Where you hate it, I love it. I love that's it. Fine. I ate it up. I that ate it is up. A okay with us. And we'll leave it there for this episode <laughs> of WookieLeaks. And again, my Easter egg breakdown is coming tomorrow. A huge, huge thanks to Jessica Clements for filling in this episode. It was such a delight chatting this episode yeah. with you. Anytime. Uh, so much fun. So much fun. Uh, don't forget to check out our great merch options over at NewRockStarsMerch.com. Follow me at EA Voss. Follow Jessica at Lulu underscore Clemens. Is that still your Twitter handle? Yeah, never will yes, change. Yes, it is. Awesome. <laughs> uh, follow New Rockstars on social media. Subscribe to WikiLeaks wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for watching and goodbye now.